unfortunately, we had a, um, a job offer that fell through. But two months prior to that, we had purchased a home. Now, you got to remember, this was before the 2008 crash. So um, we purchased a home. I literally, I called my friend I went to high school with. His mm -hmm. dad is a banker. He said, oh, yeah, I know the group that you're going to go into practice with. Uh, we'll make this happen. Just sign this one piece of paper, and that's it. House is yours. That's that's literally all we did, and it was an wow. interest-only loan. So between student loans and that, it was it was over half a million dollars total. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. Right now, many states are starting to open up, but we're still encouraged to stay home as much as possible. And most likely, you're affected on many levels, including your finances. Last episode, we talked about steps that you can take to shore up your budget and handle the bills when you're dealing with a job loss or significantly reduced hours. This week, we're going to switch up gears. We're going to dig into one of the fundamental things you need to have no matter what's going on, savings. We've heard it so many times, we need to have an emergency fund. And now really, it's a necessity with routines, work schedules, and budgets being in flux for at least the next few months. But how can you save up and build your financial cushion during a time like this? How can you create a plan when you've been thrown in the middle of this mess? Today on the podcast, I have two guests on to help sort things out. As you just heard at the top of the show, Jeff Anzalone had to deal with a huge crisis years ago. The job that he had planned on taking fell through. So here he was dealing with a massive amount of debt, no job, and a wife and a baby to support. We're going to get into how they came up with the plan quickly and also not just share the process that he used to get out of debt, but what changes they had to make with their budget to start building savings and more. We also have Joe Mecca from Coastal back on the podcast. He's a natural saver, so he's going to be sharing tips on how to make the process easier and less stressful on you. There's a lot packed into our episode, so let's get started. One of the big questions couples have been asking is how much do we need to have saved in our emergency fund, especially now? And the exact number really depends on several factors. For one, your current employment situation. Are you a two-income family or one-income family? Are both of you working right now? In long-term, what's the situation that's going on? The second thing is, what are your specific family's monthly essential expenses? How much do you need to pay to have a roof over your head, food, clothes, on your back and transportation that you need for work. And then of course, finally, your particular family situation. Do you have kids? Do any of you have health issues where you have to include medical expenses, whether that's regular doctor's visits or prescriptions? 
So the two of you have to discuss these things to get your exact number. But if you're looking for a guideline, then you want to focus on getting your financial cushion up enough to cover a few months worth of expenses. Yeah, it's kind of a scary thought because for the longest time we've been saying, you know, oh, most people can't handle a $400 expense, so at least set aside $400 and then work on getting to $1,000 and then work on Mm -hmm. three to six months. And then overnight, everyone needed three to six months. Um, yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's kind of scary to think about. So yeah, I'm definitely recommending, you know, working toward that three to six month goal. And mm-hmm. at, at this point now, a minimum. However long this crisis may last, building up your emergency fund is a smart money move. Now you might be thinking, just like Joe says, it seems impossible to save three to six months of expenses. And if you're trying to do it all at once, it can be that way. Now, we are going to get into ways that you can redirect money towards your emergency fund in a bit. But first, I want to hone in on some of the frustrations and hurdles couples have to deal with, with both making and keeping their emergency fund ready. For some couples, where they keep their money stashed away has a huge impact on their savings. And some of this is due to the fact that your emergency fund is different than your other savings, like saving for a vacation or for a down payment on a house. Emergency funds are exactly that. You know, they're for mm-hmm. emergencies. They're for that thing that you think isn't going to happen and happens anyway. Um, yeah. You know, you want to have that savings set aside for when it happens. You know, it's not for a trip or a car or a fun weekend getaway. It's, you know, it's for when something goes wrong. And, and the reason it's an emergency is you just don't see it coming. Yep. And then on the other side of it is when you're, you know, you're looking at true savings and, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe for some short-term goals or special projects or something, you know, you want to save up to buy something and you make it something fun or make it a treat. Um, you know, keep that money separate. Yeah. Or, or keep it separate in a way that makes sense to you. Like I like actually to keep money mostly in one account Mm-hmm. But I use a spreadsheet to keep keep it all separated yeah. um, on paper. And since it is for special cases, you need to strike this right balance of having it accessible while not being tempted to use it. The two most important things that I say in regard to an emergency fund is, one, it needs to be readily accessible. Yes. Um, so, you know, keep it in savings or keep it in a checking account, but make sure it is there ready to be accessed. Um, and then two... Mm-hmm. Don't use it for non-emergencies. And Important. and here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. To have it readily accessible and not use it for non-emergencies, it's just it's it's there, it's tempting, it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's the guest towels. You know, they're there, but don't put your hands on them. They're for when we have guests. The biggest requirement of an emergency fund is also its biggest flaw, and that it's mm-hmm. it's readily available when you need it. And while I want your money working for you, with your emergency fund, please don't move around that money between many different accounts trying to chase the very highest rates. Remember, we're going for a system that is easy to set up and maintain. If you want to stash your emergency fund in a high yield savings account, go for it. But please don't go moving around for just a fraction of a percentage better. It's a lot more stress for not that much of a reward. In the show notes, I'm going to make sure I include my guide on getting a great savings account for the both of you and then how to make that process easier with maintaining it. And 
No matter where you decide to put your money, make sure that it is safe and insured, either by the FDIC for banks or NCUA for credit unions. Based on what I've been seeing on the site and emails and on our Thriving Families Facebook group, I understand it's been a struggle to find your financial footing, even with something as important as savings. Between stay-at-home orders, trying to figure out how to work, whether it is from home or on the front lines, and if you have kids getting their schedules in gear, it's understandable if you haven't had much time to reevaluate and review your finances. Perhaps you've gotten your April and May bills taken care of, but not much else. Honestly, many of us have had to scramble to adjust our finances to ride things out. But focusing just on paycheck to paycheck is not only bad for your long-term finances, but it's also added stress on your mental health. One of the best ways you can help yourselves financially and get some peace of mind is by setting up a plan. But how do you create a plan in the middle of all this? Years ago, when Jeff just finished dental school, he had to deal with a similar situation. The original plan included joining a practice, but when that job fell through, he had to make ends meet somehow. With significant debt on their shoulders, he and his wife had to come up with a plan that not only got him out of debt, but they could build some financial stability and eventually wealth. Now, you might not have a mountain of debt to deal with. We're talking about savings today, but I thought this is something that we could relate to. Ideally, we would have all the time in the world that we need to carefully craft a plan that fit all of our goals. And this would be completely objective and rational. But sometimes the motivation for us, and was the case with Jeff, is a mix of external circumstances and a bit of an internal push. Yeah, we'd been married for about three years, three and a half mm-hmm. years, and we mm-hmm. had a two-month-old. So, so I had a, you know, had two two mouths to two other mouths to feed besides my own. So it was. I think the first thought that went through my mind when when I was told that the job offer th- fell through, I, I kind of started looking around, going, "Am I on? Am I on candid camera? Is this a is this a joke? I mean, is so uh, just." I think the main thing that kept going through my mind was uh, kind of, I wouldn't say hopelessness, but a lot of helplessness, you know, just helpless. um, What am I going to do now? Because we're not taught how to start a business, start a practice. You know, you get out of law school or any professional school, Mm -hmm. you know, you learn your trade and you usually you you go in with a group to help Mm -hmm. teach you, teach you that. And, I think that was the biggest thing going through my mind is how with all this debt that I had, had how, how was I going to repay it back? Not knowing how to, how to run a business. And because of the circumstances he was in, Jeff saw that he had to change how he viewed money and how he spent it. That was a point in my life that I really shifted my mindset about mm-hmm. money and how I thought about money because before I was thinking, hey, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get a, a good job, good income. I'm not really worried about paying off the, these loans because you know I'm going to have a decent income. Yeah. To, hey, everything just got pulled out from under me. Like, um, you know, the 
the uh, a lot of people are experiencing with the coronavirus mm-hmm. crisis, you know, depending on when you're listening to this. So mm-hmm. um, that that just kind of goes to show you that things can be taken away from you very quickly. Yeah. And I think that was the catalyst to really push me forward to to get going. I do hope you're not in dire circumstances now with your money. However, if the two of you are looking at the budget and you're frustrated and stressed out because you don't have enough in savings to cover an emergency that may pop up, then there are some ways you can start adjusting your budget now to build that stash. And the first step in that is knowing where your money is currently going. We had to start paying a lot more attention to them and where the money was going and and budgeting and I'm a very visual person. So uh, Mm -hmm. we bought one of those, you know, cheap dry erase boards Mm -hmm. and just, and followed the Dave Ramsey plan at that time, you know, just listed the debt smallest to largest, the smallest one that we had, I think I had six or seven different student loans. Yeah. So I just picked the smallest one. And then once, once that went away, it just, it just kind of got that snowball going and, and made me, want to start trying to put more money to the next one and next one and so on and so forth. So if you two haven't already, have some way to know what your numbers are in one spot. For some couples, they prefer spreadsheets. Others prefer apps. Pen and paper is an option or even just going through your bank or credit union if you only have a few accounts. This is advice we've been giving on the podcast for many years, but especially now it's important to look at the numbers because more than likely there is a shift in your spending with your budget. Yes, there are certain bills where you're probably spending more right now. For us, it's groceries and home improvement, but there are probably areas where you'll see an opportunity to redirect some of that money towards savings. And if you're someone who's still working, still drawing an income right now, I'm willing to bet you've seen your expenses drop because you're not going out to eat and you're not Mm -hmm. spending money on entertainment and you're just not going shopping. Um, You may have been plowing a little bit of extra money into household projects like I've Mm -hmm. been, but um, you know, you probably are spending less than you were prior Mm -hmm. to being, you know, quarantined at home. Um, So if you have a little bit of extra cushion, Mm -hmm. this is a good opportunity for, for you to set that aside. And, and, you know, you do that through a few paychecks and suddenly you've got a little bit saved up yeah. and then it's just a matter of maintaining that habit and yeah. carrying that forward so that you can build up that, that reserves for, you know, when you do need it. And we've actually done this, even though we do have an emergency fund. If you remember at the beginning of this year, we had two large expenses. We got a replacement car for my husband, not using it much now with the stay-at-home orders, and then also renovated the kitchen. So that depleted our general savings and our focus is to get that financial cushion up both of us thankfully are working right now, but you know, things and circumstances can change and we don't want to take that for granted. So I started reviewing and seeing if there are ways that we can cut expenses. And yes, some of it was redirecting. We're not going out to eat as much, of course, and now we don't have the commuting gas costs. So that gets redirected back into savings as well. But then also we were looking at subscriptions, uh, streaming services, actually went to cancel on one. Instead, they gave me a free month. So 
it doesn't hurt to look at your expenses one by one and make sure that you're getting the best deal. And then, of course, when you are saving the money, whether you're negotiating and getting a better price or you're cutting expense, if you really want to save, you actually save it. And what I mean by that is you have to set up those transfers into savings. So let's say you reduced your cable bill. Instead of being 100, you got it down to 70. That's $30 saved. You could leave it there in your checking account. Most likely you're going to spend it. So schedule a transfer every month, $30 goes towards your savings. Doesn't seem like much after one month, but in a year, that's an extra $360 in your emergency fund. And if you do that with each of the bills that you're able to get a deal with, you'll see that you'll get a nice jump start or able to buff up your emergency fund. You know, it's all about it's all about discipline when it comes to an emergency fund, and you know, committing to put money into it, um, mm-hmm. and then and then keeping it separate. Um, you know, if you have to if you have to physically mm-hmm. keep it somewhere else, then do that. Um, you know, put it in a different account, name it something else. Don't get a debit card attached to that account. Uh, it makes it a little bit harder to access, but. Um, yeah, you want you do want it to be accessible when when the situation arises. So even if you have to start with a small amount, go ahead and schedule some transfers. Have a monthly deposit go from your checking into your savings account so you can start now building up that emergency fund. It'll not only help you financially, but give you some peace of mind. You know, and I've I've noticed I've noticed too that the better you plan for emergencies, it seems like the less of an emergency something actually is when it happens. Um, you know, you may, you start to identify things that might need maintenance instead Mm -hmm. of repair, um, or instead of replacement, Mm -hmm. um, or just, you know, you're not, it's not a shock. It's not a huge surprise. Like something went wrong, you're ready for it and you handle it. And it's not this big stressful situation, um, that it could be otherwise. Special thanks to Jeff and Joe for being a part of this episode. If you want to find out more about Dr. Anzalone's journey into a debt-free life, please check out his site, debtfreedr.com. And if you're in the Triangle area and you're looking for a better banking option, please check out Coastal. Not only do they have competitive rates, but during this crisis, they're really taking care of their members with various programs. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash bank better. I'll have links to both Jeff's site and Coastal along with other resources in the show notes. And if you are looking to jumpstart your savings, redo your budget, please sign up for my free course, Five Days to 5K, where I take you step by step through the process on how you can save, find, and earn some extra money to reach your money goals faster. It's over at couplemoney.com slash 5K. And our final episode in this mini series about coronavirus and your money is going to be talking about pivoting your finances plus more. Bob Lodick shares his story about transforming his own finances, going from no savings, no money in checking, and being pretty much maxed out on his credit card to living a debt-free and generous life. He breaks down the key habits that he had to change and adopt to make sure that his money was working for him. 
So if you don't want to miss out on the episode, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, you name it. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music today was by Lee Rosevere, an artist from audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you for listening and being a part of this community. Sending in your questions, sharing the episodes, I am so grateful for your support. I started this podcast to help spouses have fewer fights over money and instead use it to build a life that they love together. You've been incredible with your input and getting the word out on the show. Last week, this podcast was listed on CNBC as a resource for marriage and money, and it's because of your support. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Please stay safe. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.